0: Next on BYUSN, does it matter what seed men's hoops gets in the West Coast Conference
1: tournament? And there's a new NCAA rule that's allowing men's and women's basketball staffs to expand. How should BYU take advantage of the change? They certainly should. Welcome to BYU
0: Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Thursday, February 23rd. I am Jerem Jordan. He is Dave McCann. On this final weekend of West Coast Conference, regular season hoops. What seed is everybody
1: getting? Yeah, it's that time of year. It's usually a magical time of year. It's not that magical around here, the way that things have gone. <laughs> Perhaps it's a magical ending. It we'll see a, what
0: BYU can produce. There's always
1: COVID. a chance. And, and, and typically, BYU's on the other side of that. Uh, you know, they know who they are. They know what they are. And they know where they're going. This is the kind of year where it's like, you're going to need some magic. And then maybe live that other side of March Madness, of the, up in, the, the underdog. Instead of the team that's, yeah. that's getting beat. We're not used win. to this,
0: yeah. And, and women's soups certainly has a big weekend coming up. Men's soups doesn't play tonight, but has a big game Saturday that they need to
1: win. And we got like a foot of snow here, maybe more than that. We got dumped on that quite a you, bit. Yeah. The baseball and softball teams are going to try to have home games in two weeks. On the drive in today, you're looking around going, maybe in a month, month and a half. <laughs> that's the kind of. I,
0: I'm calling an outdoor rugby game Saturday uh, so we'll, in Utah, so we'll see what that looks like. Are they going to plow the field? It's artificial turf, so they'll figure it out, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, we're
1: we're in the dead of winter up here. I was in Vegas yesterday. It's no warmer down there. Uh, Just no snow. But March Madness is coming. That all warms us up. And on today's show, we're going to talk with our BYU basketball analyst, Mark Durant, on this big weekend for BYU, Saturday with San Francisco and then Vegas next week. Jason Shepard's on the road with the baseball team. They're in warmer climates. Is that where he went? That's where he went. Big expectations for Keaton Slovis. Wait till you see the stat that we show you a bit later on. And the alternate Cougar tail makes a return. Here are today's headlines. Women's
0: hoop: so second place Portland tonight. Nine Eastern, big game Cougars in fourth, hoping to stay in the top four, avoid going to that five seed. Nine Eastern on BYU TV in the app. Gonzaga coming in town Saturday afternoon to close out the regular season. Senior day. The Cougars lost 67-45 to the Pilots back on December 19th. That feels like a million years.
1: Congrats to Ed stone he's the 2023 MPSF Men's and Women's Coach of the Year. He's now won this award five times with the men, six with the women. Danny Bryan also named the Men's Athlete of the Meat for his efforts to become a back-to-back champion in the shot put.
0: We're talking indoor track, baby. BYU Baseball loses 4-3 to the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns, one of the best nicknames in college sports. In game one of the four-game series, game two tonight, 7 Eastern, on the BYU Radio app.
1: They had that game last night, up 3-1, bottom of the eighth. Got to close it. Mm. Softball takes its six-game winning streak into the Mary Nutter Cathedral City Collegiate Classic in Palm Springs, where it's warmer. Cougars play two games today, number 24 Missouri, and uh, they'll play Texas A&M later tonight. Some big names ahead of a Big 12 schedule next season. Spencer spent three years in Palm Springs. He knows uh, all about that spot.
0: And then the XFL former Cougar Tijon Karoma, who is stronger than you and I, Dave combined. Oh yeah. And the Seattle Sea Dragons play the St. Louis Battle Hawks tonight at nine Eastern.
1: The Sea Dragons and the Battle Hawks.
0: Yes, uh, the Fighting Trojans of <laughs> Seattle. Uh, people have asked me, are you a Sea Dragons fan? I am. I am not.
1: How can uh, you not be a <laughs> Sea Dragons
0: fan? <laughs> Uh, generally, Sea Dragons, yes. The Seattle Sea Dragons and the X- XFL now.
1: What's the hockey team? What's their... It's their, the Kraken. The Kraken. Yeah. Everything's from the sea over yeah,
0: there. Yeah, absolutely. You're, uh, <laughs> you, you can see the sound over there, which is fun. All <laughs> rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. Playoff! Oh! Spectacular! Rudy for three. Good! Good! For Jackson Robinson, smooth shooting. That's all we hope, Saturday night against San Francisco and in Vegas. Tonight marks the beginning of a slew of West Coast Conference games. In the final week, seating up for grab all over the place. Cougs don't play tonight in men's hoops. They do play Saturday against San Francisco. So, Dave, does it matter what seed BYU has going into the West Coast Conference tournament? Currently sitting in seventh place.
1: We've sat on this show years before with different seedings and opportunities. And it used to be, well, they're not going to have to show up till the semifinals. So... Here's what needs to happen, or okay, they're gonna get to the semifinals, so they don't want to play until Saturday in the second round or thir- or quarterfinals. Really, show up in the quarterfinals because of this map that we march out for them. This year, I think it's just play as many games as you can, and if you just get to keep playing, that means good things are happening. So I don't think so. As a BYU TV fan. Uh, If they play in the first round, they play on BYU TV. On Thursday. And if they win, they'll play on BYU TV again on Friday. So as a BYU TV fan, I'd love that. As a BYU fan, I don't want to be on Thursday. I just want to be on Friday so that I'm not in the group of the worst. But BYU is right there on the edge. So it's a whole different conversation this year.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure it matters. Although playing on Thursday is pathetic. (laughs) It just is. We've been in that tournament you and I and, and Blaine and others, since um, BYU, even before they even got in the league. Uh, we were there back in 2011. And being the seventh seed would just be terrible. But the positives, like you said, are, well, there's more games to win. Um, if BYU's playing uh, Pepperdine again, hey, that's a Pepperdine team that beat you a couple weeks before. But it's neutral court. Um, and, then, and then you kind of slide up that side of the bracket. I would prefer that BYU is on the top side, meaning... Um, that that they uh, can get to LMU in the quarters because a matchup with LMU is more favorable than one with Santa Clara. Santa Clara is really good. Um, They're not going to make the tourney good, but I would like to avoid being on that 7-10, 6-3 side. I would prefer BYU be uh, on that, be the 5 somehow, and then play the 4 LMU should they win that game against the 8-9. That is where you want to be. Looking through all the scenarios... If BYU, BYU clearly has to beat San Francisco to better itself. Right. If, if BYU wins on uh, Saturday, they probably will be the 5 or 6 seed. Now, the 5 different than the 6. Um, again, on what side of the bracket you're on. But I don't see a situation where BYU can drop to as low as 8, by the way. Because they have tiebreakers over Pacific and Portland. Pacific is going to lose to St. Mary's tonight. And then Portland and San Francisco are interesting because it's Pacific, Portland, San Francisco, BYU, all within a game of each other in spots five through eight at the moment. So certainly win Saturday, and you avoid being in the 7-10 spot in all likelihood. But if you can get to as high as the five, and it's complicated in the tiebreaker, by the way, with San Francisco, right. should they beat Portland tonight? I'm, I'm anticipating San Francisco will beat Portland tonight. Right. Because they, it goes head-to-head. They will have split. And then you go record versus one, and then you look. Two, you know same area, and so on. They would be the same as what I'm seeing. So I'd go to net. And right now they're divided by 15 spots. BYU 94, San Francisco 109. You've got to win Saturday. Then you're probably higher than San Francisco. You probably get that tiebreaker. And perhaps you're as high as the 5. And then, Dave, you've got a chance to beat an 8-9 team, play LMU, which you crushed at home, lost a while back right. by 5 in, in L.A. And now you're at least in the quarters with the chance to maybe... Be interesting, right? Monday. Or sorry, the me. semis. Yeah. No, the semis on Monday. So can BYU win on Friday? Win on Saturday, and then okay, yeah, they won 2 They're making a little run here, and now you match up uh, in the semis with, unfortunately, uh, a top dog in St. Mary's.
1: The strange day. thing about this team is, uh, in in the lower group, no one's afraid of BYU, um, no. and so no one's going to go, oh. They're not on their own shows. If they had their own show, they'd go, okay, we've got, we got to avoid BYU. Nation, yeah. But but then you get into the upper group, and BYU didn't compete very well against Santa Clara, but they went toe-to-toe with St. Mary's and Gonzaga four times. Isn't that weird? Um, and, and so if you can get out of the weeds and somehow get to Monday, now you're playing teams that are, are, are leery of you mm-hmm. because you've exposed them, yep. and it's just a matter of, on a particular day, can BYU finish in a big game, which they haven't been able to do. Yes. So, but but down here in the weeds, where everyone's the same, it's interesting. BYU competes better up here than they do down here. You
0: get up for the big game,
1: including yeah, Saturday, because yeah. that's a bad matchup for BYU. San Francisco. If Shabazz comes in feeling it, as as he has before, it it could be a track meet. Um, BYU didn't play very well down there at San Francisco. I would think they would win here at home. But, but over the years, what teams come to Provo fearless against BYU? More so than...
0: Only UVU than in 2016. <laughs> San Francisco. Yeah. Um, and this year.
1: The Zags and the Gales have come in expect- with expectations. Yeah. But the Dons don't come in with fear like some of these other teams. LMU came in with fear and got beat by 29 points.
0: Yeah, it was it was Crazy. crazy. In these close games this year, by the way, Uh, let's call a a close game a single-digit game, a three-score game, if you will. You can knock a couple threes down. BYU is 6-11 in those games this year. It it was tough. And they've lost the last uh, seven uh, of those, which has been really, really tough to swallow. So, huge game Saturday. Obviously got to win on senior night. By the way, Rudy Williams and Gideon George will be the two seniors honored. That doesn't mean guys won't either transfer or just call it. Um, You know, we anticipate... They're here until they're not, Um, but we look forward to kind of what that looks like in the off season. But hey, there's ball to be played, and uh, everyone's getting to be
1: figured out. Everyone's got a chance. This year maybe is the year we embrace March Madness as a as an underdog, overachieving in in this tournament. A new angle, as opposed to one that we will get used to next year. Yeah, uh,
0: which is hey, can we go to next year at this time? We'll be saying, can we go to Kansas City and win a game? Right, we win a game Mm -hmm. Um, to perhaps be on the bubble. Uh, Or something, right? That's the hope.
1: Yeah, and then someday, four, five, six, seven years, as as the program builds itself, it'll be okay. We got what? What day are we going to play Kansas? We don't want to play Kansas until Saturday. So it's it's Oklahoma State and then Baylor and then West Virginia with an opportunity to go to win those games. Yeah, we're not there yet. Saturday's um, the title game. But hey, yeah. But (laughs) we'll look. We'll be going. Hey, what side's Kansas on? When are we going to play them? Um, at whereas right now and next year it'll be, okay, let's just hope for the best.
0: Let's win a game. Let's win that, a that, game. To me, that's, that's the hope next year. All
1: right, also on our minds today, where should BYU take advantage of the new rule that allows you to add two more assistants to the men's and women's basketball staffs? Now, they're assistants that aren't allowed to recruit off of campus, but they can do everything else.
0: I, I almost wonder if you get a recruiting coordinator on campus. Um, you can work with the coaches who go out and talk to them. But recruiting is just such a big deal. To me, that's the, the single biggest reason for the demise of the men's basketball team this year. Did not recruit enough good players. NIL has a big thing to do with that. Right. I know uh, the Royal Blue Collective, Cook Connect, and others are working hard. But they're starting. To make that yeah. a tr- more they're attractive. At the start. Yes. They're getting into that, which is great, these collectives. Because that matters. You can't even get in the door with some of these guys. Nick Robinson has said... Hey, there are certain players that we're going after that are Big 12, starter good, that their starting amount per year is 150 to 350 So you have to have that in pocket uh, unless you're just going to be ballers on a budget forever, which is sort of how BYU rolls. But it doesn't have to be that way if you don't want it to be, right? So I, And then a straight basketball dude would be good. We were talking, I agree with you this morning. Probably offense. Um, defensively, BYU's been really good this year, 36th right now. Obviously a couple of lapses the last couple of weeks. But the last four years, defensively, all 97.2 or less, which is some of the best defenses BYU's had in the last 20 years. Offensively, this is the worst season by far in the last four. Uh, 106.5 offensive rating compared to 110, 113, 116 previous three. Got to have better offense. So someone on the offensive side of the ball, an offensive coordinator, if you will,
1: like a Dave Rice, somebody that can come in and you would play the Vegas card there. I see that, and he's available, but. but, but somebody like that, yeah. uh, where you can go, hey, uh, we, we need to get better. That doesn't mean i got to unload people. Let me add. add some of the right guys. Yes. And, uh, and it's interesting with basketball and football. In football this last season, it was the defense. And, and so what did Kalani do and what did he have to do? He changed out his defensive staff. He had to change the whole mantra of the defense. And once he did that, Cougar Nation kind of got back in line with optimism. Yep. To where they celebrated the arrival of the Big 12 schedule. It's going to be tough. But they get a couple of right pieces in the portal. They made the tough changes you had to make in the offseason. And, and fans, are, fans just want to know we're going in the right direction. right? Boosters want to know, hey, I'm, I'm going to back you with my money. I just need to know you're, you're going th- this way. And, and so basketball's problem this year has been offense, not defense. And here comes the opportunity to fix that. And I think that's on Mark Pope and, and the others to go, what, what are we going to do to get better? Here's an opportunity where the NCAA is saying, you can add two assistants if you want. byu be wise to do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, uh, we anticipate they will. Regarding the football changes, remember, it's hard. Sometimes you have to do this. BYU changed the offensive staff. BYU fired a Heisman Trophy winner here. Yeah. Like, it had to be done, and uh, BYU got Zach Wilson. And it triggered the next gen of BYU football's resurrection of 2020, 21, 22. It wasn't quite what we wanted, but it wasn't terrible. Eight and five is good, right? And uh, you're producing two NFL quarterbacks in a row because Aaron Roderick. Aaron Roderick is the key to this whole thing. And Fessy Satake and Steve Clark and those guys, you have to make tough decisions uh, sometimes. Perhaps men's basketball has to make tough decisions in the offseason. I'm not sure what that looks like for them but certainly they have to get better because the Big is looming. If you're sitting in seventh place going into the last weekend in the WCC, the Big 12 is a little intimidating, and you start getting a little sweaty. But BYU is capable of going in the league with a few other pieces. Again, BYU's not far off this year in terms of margin of loss and good defense. They just need a little bit better offense and, a, and maybe a couple of pieces. You get Trevin Nell back for a full year.
1: And a giant center.
0: You need Okay, a you walked seven. into the season with two bigs. That was an issue no matter how good those bigs are.
1: And these two happen to be super young yep. with great potential. Mm-hmm. And that was it.
0: Yes. And, and I still hope Atiki is kind of the backup center because I think he can be a really good backup. Foos needs to play the four, not the five for right. BYU. Sure. Next year, if Foose is the, is the five, BYU's in trouble. Yeah. they got to bring somebody else in. Right. So we'll see what BYU adds in terms of those uh, assistants, which, by the way, that can be added July 1st. Sounds like shout out to uh, Robbie McCombs. A lot Rangers. going down on July 1st. There's a lot going down. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of, uh, you know, it's a big uh,
1: day to expand a whole lot of things.
0: Fourth of July parties. Uh, Stadium of fire is always big for you. Yeah. It's
1: yeah, a big week. It's going to be awesome. And one thing that you've said that, that coaches will always say uh, when it comes down to it, players win the games. Yeah. And so in the recruiting, you get better players. Yep.
0: I think going into B- a better
1: league, you need better players.
0: For BYU to make the NCAA tournament next year, I feel like BYU has to get two and a half more players better than anyone on the roster. Yeah. That's the to kind make the, of upgrade we're talking to about. Make,
1: to, to go where we all want to go. I say two and a
0: half because I'm not sure if it's two or three.
1: <laughs> Our question of the
0: day is this. Does it matter what seed basketball has going into the West Coast Conference Tournament, which by the way, will be live from Vegas coming up uh, starting next Thursday in a week from now. Um, and uh, Tyler and I are going down for the final hurrah. It'll be fun. Okay, Nate on Twitter. Just Nate, Nate dog. No. They have to pull off a miracle wherever they are seated. It's true. If they go all the way up to the five, same sort of idea, which is, hey, got to win a few games. I don't know that the NITs within BYU's grasp that much unless they upset a St. Mary's or a Gonzaga in the semis and you get to the title game. Then maybe, but let's be honest. Let's just hope BYU gets through that first game and then the second game and then
1: see where we're going. They haven't been playing good. So let's start with a good game on Saturday. Win a game Saturday. And then just try to put another one
0: together. Yep. Continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram.
1: As far as big games go, here's a big one tonight. BYU women taking on Portland. Pilots beat them earlier in the season. Pilots have locked up the two seed for Vegas. BYU's trying to avoid falling into a five seed. Watch it tonight, 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. That right there is the nation's number one rebounder, Lauren Gustin.
0: 23 boards from the BYU single season record. She might get
1: that tonight. She might.
0: Let's go. After the break, BYU radio analyst Mark Durant discusses, if it matters, what CBY has going into Vegas, plus his Pez collection. This is BYU Sports Nation. You like always exactly two seniors, Rudy Williams and Gideon George, on senior night coming up Saturday night, pregame on BYU TV uh, and postgame as well. Coming up Saturday night. Jerem Jordan, Dave McCann now joining us from his. Uh, Office slash home with the largest Pez collection I've ever seen is uh, BYU radio analyst Mark Durant on the program. Mark, what's up? Do you mind showing the people the Pez collection again? Because it's one of the best Uh, I've ever seen.
2: Yeah, I'll see what I can do. Here you go. We're we're panning. We're looking.
1: (laughs) That's incredible, man. Uh, Do you have that insured? Is that
2: insured? (laughs) (laughs) Are, Are there any you don't have? uh yeah there's plenty it's amazing how many uh pez there are and uh i mean you go back 50 70, 70 80 years if you get some of those then you're talking some money my minor are, minor are low ramp but they're fun it's amazing that pez collecting is a thing
0: it's well my father-in-law uh does it but uh yeah we shouldn't we shouldn't compare to that well thanks for coming on the show mark it was great to talk to you uh just kidding <laughs> We're talking about what seed, uh, you know, BYU could be depending on win-loss, San Francisco. Obviously, that all shakes out after Saturday night and after, you know, tonight's games and whatnot, BYU with a bye. But to you, and this is our question of the day, does it matter what seed Boi has going into
2: Vegas? Yeah, it matters to me. Uh, I, I, you know, Vegas is a, a place about odds, right? And... Uh, If you add on another game, your odds go down. And there's no guarantee for this team that a Thursday night game they're going to win anyway. And uh, so, you know, I'm not a gambler. I know Dave McCann's a big gambler. But (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) From his degenerate Vegas days.
1: (laughs) Just because I lived there doesn't mean I played there.
2: (laughs) Dave Dave ran that city for a few years. Still does. uh, uh, I don't know, Dave. In the in the craps, if you get a seven, is that isn't that bad? I don't know. But regardless, in basketball terms, <laughs> the no seven is bad. You don't want to roll a seven, and you and not only is the seed bad, but it's what, what, how you got the seed. In order for BYU to be a seven, they have to have lost at home to San Francisco. That's the thing that really concerns me. So if you're a seven seed, and that means you've lost what <laughs> four in a row, five in a row. You lost at home to a team that should have been the seven, and that's not a good way to go in the tournament, regardless of how many games you have to play. But, uh, you know, this team is kind of plays on uh, a razor's edge a little bit. So the fewer games that you can play, the better your odds of actually doing something, I think.
1: Just for the record, I was at the Mirage yesterday, <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, and, and I walked through the <laughs>
1: casino, and I have no idea what anyone's doing. Uh, yeah. No, they said, "Mr. McCann,
2: come in. Here's the red carpet. Here's the penthouse suite. Here's your drink."
1: I, I had a bow you know, tie. I drink
2: the high rollers.
1: I had a bow tie on because I was emceeing something. People just hand me their car keys as I walk through. <laughs> nice. I'd like the black. Bring the black one up. Hey, um, San Francisco on Saturday is a strange matchup for BYU. They come in fearless, uh, as they have in years past, and it's a big game for BYU. Talking about everything you're talking about. In the seating, it's almost like the tournament starts for BYU on Saturday, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, I mean it—it certainly does. But uh, this team, the funny thing about this team, Dave, is when I go into games, I feel like they could beat any team, and I feel like they could lose to any team. I, you know, it's just—I don't know what you're going to get from these guys. I hope, you know, sometimes they get up for the big games, but have a hard time getting up for the littler games. And some, I'm worried in their minds, right, that they're going to think uh, the hard games are, you know, Saturday night, Monday night. And, you know, if they're playing Thursday or Friday, that they might overlook that and and get beat. So I hope that the focus is on uh, just get just getting to, you know, winning games and not thinking ahead and taking each team incredibly seriously serious and have a lot of fear in your heart because you've pretty much lost everybody at this point, but having some fear, playing with fear, which can be a good thing if there's not too much fear and, and going out and playing hard. Cause I think when this team plays hard and they offensive rebound and play good defense, then they're really good. Um, but sometimes it, that, that doesn't translate for them. And so I hope, you know, whatever day of the week in the tournament you're in, give that consistent, Good, hard effort. And I think that they could uh, be in every game and maybe maybe all the bad luck they've had this season will 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 be rewarded with some good luck and, and they win some close games and maybe win a couple games.
0: We're talking to the uh, number one charge leader in Provo High history, Mark Durant, on BYU Sports Nation. I don't know if that's actually true. I think it is
1: true. Um, what, what, as an arm tiger, I think it as is As an true. arm tiger, you would say that, yeah. <laughs>
0: um, let's talk about the goal for BYU in Vegas. Um, you, you said, hey, to do something. What, what, what is the goal for BYU in the West Coast Conference Tournament? Certainly we'd like to think that, hey, they could win it for the first time since 2001 in any conference tournament, but the reality is uh, maybe a couple of wins it would be amazing
2: yeah i mean it's it's a weird situation this year uh in that it, it's a season where i think anybody could win it um to a degree uh lmu santa clara have a, a good chance to win it uh gonzaga saint mary's obviously but they're not invulnerable they're they've shown some weaknesses and so Usually you're talking about BYU in that mix when when there's a chance to win the tournament. We were doing that earlier in the season, that this may be the year that BYU could actually make a run. It would appear from the last couple of weeks that that's not the case. But if they can have a good practice this week, have a really nice showing against San Francisco, uh, they go into Friday and have another nice game where they're playing consistently, maybe that gives them a little bit of confidence. And then you're playing uh, in your mind, I think, for postseason. And and that may be a little bit more of a motivation for the team. And and like I said, they're in almost every game they play. They can win every game they play. So it's not completely unreasonable, even given what has happened for BYU, to be able to make a little bit of a run and get some confidence and play well. So I think for me, winning Friday and not getting in the the Thursday game (laughs) Winning Friday and Saturday and then whatever happens Monday it would be a successful tournament.
1: As a basketball fan, uh, and there's games on every night, you turn them on and, and every team has a center, it seems. Every team in the Mountain West Conference, every team BYU's played in the WCC has a, has a guy in the middle big enough to cause a disruption, certainly to to challenge Foos and, and, and BYU's guys. Um, is this still the the result of losing your centers at the start of, you know, losing Richie Harward uh, when they did. Um, why, why hasn't BYU been able to find a center? The coach is six eleven, uh, And, and how important is that for next season into the big 12?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's typically never good when your coaching staff is taller than your, uh, your front line. <laughs> that was more so last year, I think with, uh, with Grant, uh, with uh, coach Chris Burgess, but, and Coach Pope, but it, it's a real problem. I think you've identified a significant problem, Dave. Uh, and, you know, let's not even talk about Big 12 and how obscenely tall and big and athletic they are. Let's just look at uh, the West Coast Conference. And I watch before every game, I watch the warm-up lines, and each team has like four, five, seven-footers. And you're like, where are all these guys coming from? And so they're out there. And BYU needs to find some, some very talented big men just to be able to throw bodies at people in the Big 12. Now, I think Atiki is a big enough and athletic enough uh, to play the five in the Big 12, but he and Foose will have to play together, or you'll have to find some other big men. Foose can't be playing the five spot like, like Jerem was talking about in the last segment. Foose has to be a four. You have to have Atiki or some other big men coming in. And you have to be able to throw three or four or five big guys in, in there. And as much as I love Trayton Christensen, who's been playing great, by the way, when he gets in, he's not big enough. And if you get a guy in foul trouble, you can't go to a 6'6 guy. You've got to be able to bring guys off the bench. If teams can do it in the West Coast Conference, BYU can do it. So that needs to be a real focus of their recruiting.
0: What else does BYU need going into next season uh, to make sure they're An interesting team, a team that sniffs the bubble in some way.
2: Well, we talked about the big guys, but, I mean, it's really everybody. It's the guard line, too. And I think Dallin Hall is super, and and he'll get better as he goes and will be uh, competitive and be able to play just fine in the Big 12. Richie Saunders and some of these other guys will get better, but you need to bring in some super talented guard lines. As much as we talk about big men, the way you win games is on the guard line. And again, when I go to the West Coast Conference, whether it's, uh, you know, Shelton or Strother or Mahaney or uh, uh, the, the, uh, the transfer at uh, Santa Clara that I'm. Pajemski. Yeah. I mean, there, there's not there's few teams in the West Coast Conference that I don't think has have a better player on the guard line that BYU does. And that's not to say BYU doesn't have good players, but they need the Barcello types, the Toulson types, really terrific perimeter players to be able to compete in college basketball. And uh, that's been a problem for them this year. There's been a lot of inconsistency, but they need to bring in really solid guards to be able to compete in the Big 12. That's just number one priority, bring in super talented uh, guards to complement the Dallin Halls and the Richie Saunders uh, so you can compete at that level.
1: Do you think being in the Big 12 is enough to lure some of these kids to BYU? The, let's be honest, the Cougars have not done well in the transfer portal the last two seasons, um, and now here comes the most important portal offseason before the Big 12. Is being in that league enough to get guys that will come here and play you know, without coming here and saying, pay my price tag or I'm not even going to visit?
2: Well, it certainly won't hurt. I mean, it, that exposure is attractive um, and people playing at that level. Maybe you get some recruits that you've lost on in the past because as much as, as the WCC has been a great landing spot for BYU, uh, the reality is it's nowhere near the Big 12. And so maybe some people that that was, that was a, a, hindering, a hindrance or a stumbling block for them Maybe they'll come to BYU now to know they're going to get that exposure play against the best teams in the country, and that's attractive to guys. I don't know how much the NIL factors into it. Uh, I know that they're not going to get anything from me because I'm poor. Uh, Maybe Dave McCann can start a fund or something. I don't know. But they're they're going to have to at least be competitive uh, in the NIL money with, you know, the Iowa states and – Oklahoma states, you can't expect to win games if you're not spending the money that other schools are spending. And so I think all of that goes into it, but it's going to be a challenge as we've talked about many times, the landscape of college basketball has changed and you need to adjust with it. But I'm hoping that the resources and the exposure that the Big 12 brings is going to make a real difference for BYU so that they can bring in those types of athletes and compete at that level.
0: Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better. Uh, Make sure the goats are fed today. And uh, Mark, we appreciate the time, man.
2: Man, my goats, man. We got two feet of snow. I've never shoveled so much snow in my life. But those (laughs) goats, they're not going anywhere out there today. It's too much snow. (laughs) Okay, thanks, Mark. We appreciate it.
1: Great, Mark Durant. We'll see you in Vegas. If you've missed any of our uh, BYU TV Sports interviews, uh, shows, games, our Deep Blues, which are fantastic, uh, or if you just want to watch them again, you can at BYUSN.com or download the BYU TV app to get all the BYU TV Sports content. On Demand. So Durant's got goats over at the he's house? He's got
0: goats over at the house. Yeah, he's got a nice place. Superman. Hey, uh, Jason shepherd has been gallivanting uh, across Louisiana, occasionally calling uh, baseball games. We'll check in on the Batcats next, live from Louisiana. This is BYU Sports Nation.
1: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation, welcome back to interact with the show and get great content throughout the day. Follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok.
0: Well, the BYU baseball team, uh, two and three on the season so far of their tour of Louisiana. They played uh, Louisiana Tech in a series. Uh, then last night began a four-game series with the Louisiana Ragin' Cajun, uh, which you can listen to on the BYU radio app. And Jason Shepard now joins us from Lafayette, Louisiana. Shep, how's your tour of Louisiana been so far?
3: Look, it's great. Um, I realize everybody back home is dealing with uh, Snowmageddon uh, right now. Uh, We're expected to have temperatures in the uh, upper 70s, low 80s today, but uh, significant humidity. So, you know, we're dealing with that. So it's basically the same.
1: Really? You played the humidity card? Good luck. Fight through that. I think he, I
3: think he Yeah, like it. I'm going to do my best. The last time Blaine and I were in
1: in Louisiana, BYU's football team didn't get past the 50-yard line. So, the baseball team's at least having a better <laughs> experience. But I tuned in last night coming home from the airport and it's it's 3 to 1 in the bottom of the 8th inning and then things got away.
3: Yeah, and unfortunately, um errors have cost this team a couple of games. Um, you know, the Cougars come in 2 and 3 overall and in the in the losses, uh, seven of the nine errors have been committed. and in talking with Coach Pratt this morning for our pregame for tonight, um you know, he's like, we, we just have to stop beating ourselves. And you know the the good thing is he, he the team is playing hard. The, they're giving it their all. and so the the little things are just that. They're little things. There's it, not big things that have to be changed right now. It's these little mental mistakes that are costing them. and, you know, he, he's pretty confident that they'll be able to, to turn that thing around and, and, you know, pull out some of these victories moving forward. Trent's in my stake. We have state conference Sunday. I fully expect him to be there. Please remind
0: him if you wouldn't uh, mind. Um, three dudes uh, are hitting over 400 so far Ozzy Pratt and Austin Deming, Ryan Sapiti. Who of these guys, is, uh, if maybe all three, maybe just one, is still going to be hitting 400 plus in a week?
3: Yeah, I mean, like at this point right now, with the way that they're swinging the bat and seeing the ball, I'm not going to put it past all three of them to stay as hot as they are. Look, Ozzy Pratt is exactly what you're looking for in, in the leadoff spot. He's a guy that gets on base, and then once he's on base, he can use his speed to work himself around the bases, regardless if there's a base hit or not. Um, all three guys, now speaking of Deming and Cipede, uh both have two home runs, and that leads the team. Uh, but one thing that those three players have done, and quite frankly, as a team, BYU baseball has done, in in a pretty impressive fashion, has been hitting doubles. In fact, last night all there were there were three RBI doubles in the game by BYU. The, the Cougars right now um, they're putting up some runs, and last night they were only able to to muster the three. But that has been the the. Last night was the exception to the rule. They've been scoring runs to open the season, and that is certainly a good sign. Well, Trent Pratt, as we
1: mentioned, is in Jerem stake. I learned that today here on the show. Uh, this he did is tell a- me. He
3: says that uh, <laughs> that was one of, the, uh, one of the negative selling points to being where he is. <laughs> uh, it's,
1: it's all geography. Um, last year he took over midseason, so this is his first start to a season as a Division I head baseball coach. What have you noticed uh, – from him as he marches through this time for the first time.
3: Well, first and foremost, and Dave, you're obviously around the baseball team, you know, calling the games on BYU TV, and and one thing that's pretty obvious is just how much the players really like and respect Coach Pratt, and and he's one of those guys. He he demands a lot of you, but he also lets you do your thing. He he's not gonna he's not gonna constantly be talking to you. If he needs to, he will. But he's gonna let you be you. He's gonna let you go out and do what he knows you're capable of doing. And the guys really respond to that. And before we went on this trip, um, and and I've done this, you know, over the last couple of years with Coach Littlewood now with Coach Pratt, just kind of even though I'm around the team and in practices and whatnot, just kind of have a one-on-one sit-down with him before the season, just to kind of go over some big picture stuff. And, you know, I asked him, I said, what's this like for you going into your first full season as the head coach? And he said he's really enjoying it. And there are a lot of things that when you're not the head coach, you're aware that the head coach does, but you see it from, from afar. And now that he's in that spot, he said there's a lot more involved than you realize, but he's really enjoying everything that comes with being the head coach of the BYU baseball team. And and I, I can tell you that the players love him. His, his assistant coaches love him. And and the, the Cougar baseball program is in very good hands with Trent Pratt.
0: We'll finish with this. How many times have you watched the Andy Reid interview from
3: earlier this week? Um, well, I will tell you f- at least twice uh, <laughs> that I've watched it. I've also listened to it a couple of times. I know Andy didn't actually say the win in the Super Bowl was dedicated to me, but I know in his heart that's what he meant. It was one of those things that he didn't have to actually yeah, uh, speak to about. It yeah. was just understood. So, like, I appreciate that from Big Red, which is what I call him because we're that tight.
1: Sure. Yeah, we,
3: we call Mandy because we're, we're on a 1st name basis. Yeah.
1: Will you please go on a swamp boat tour while you're back there in Louisiana and then we can talk about it? It'll be the coolest yeah, you, thing you ever do. You were do. me that
3: you and Blaine did yeah. that, and I'm going to I'm gonna have to find some time. We'll see if there's time Make in between time. prepping and getting, and getting ready for the game. If you if don't join us
1: until the third inning – We'll know that it's because you're, you're on t- a Swamp Boat Tour. <laughs> I, It'll be worth
3: it. I texted Shep Saturday. I go, Albert
0: Pujols is 20 feet away from me at Vivint Arena. He goes, I just said that on the air. We know you have time, Shep. <laughs> you have <laughs> time. I'm,
3: I'm going I'm to see if I can make it happen. <laughs> All
0: right. <laughs> thanks, uh, Shep. Uh, best of luck thanks, on the guys. call tonight. You, and, can, you can listen to the game, by the way, uh, tonight. 7 BYU Eastern a.
1: on the BYU Radio app, uh, and again, Shep does a nice job. I was listening to him last night, painting the picture of us blowing a 3-1 uh, to one lead at the bottom of the
0: eight <laughs> I'm just
1: like, oh, for Hopefully the love.
0: paint the picture of a swamp boat.
1: And, and Shep's living the dream. He's on the road. Yeah. He's calling baseball yeah, that's and fun. following the Cougs. The only thing that would be better is if Andy Reid was his analyst.
0: Analyst, yeah. yeah. I wonder where Shep went. I didn't know. Uh, okay, coming up, is Keaton Slovis a top three transfer quarterback in college football? Who says he is already? This is BYU Sports Nation.
1: Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
0: Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. I am Jerem. He is Dave. Let's whip it. Google Whip Around is presented by Marisk or E-commerce logistics. Part.
1: How about this on this Thursday? According to CFB numbers Keaton Slovis is projected to be the third best transfer quarterback this season when it comes to expected points added per play. they got this big graphic EPN. design. They come up with some numbers. Yep. The, uh, the, there it is right there. Uh, do you expect Keaton to be a top three transfer quarterback? This year, you can see the Y right there at the top.
0: Uh, this is uh, kind of comparing uh, you know, the, the EPA from last year and the rating of the player in 24-7 sports, that combination. Hopefully he's top three. I would take top 10, honestly. There are a lot of big names on that list. Top three would be incredible. If he's top three, he'd be always winning nine games.
1: Aaron Roderick believes he'll be top three. Yeah, He thinks he can be among the best in the whole country running that system. And that system is why yes. Slovis is here.
0: Yes, and John Beck has given us a lot of information in the last conversation about the health of Keaton Slovis. Uh, shoulder and back are good to go. Yeah, as healthy right as he's offense. ever seen. Him. It's a prove I can be an NFL quarterback season for him. That's In the pros, like when you're in a contract year, it's a contract
1: year for Keaton Slovis. And that's why on March 6th, when spring practice starts, I just want to see him throwing the ball. Just to see the start of throwing to the receivers, yeah. building that chemistry, but, uh, but these guys think third best quarterback transfer in the country this That's, fall?
0: That would be awesome. March 31st, you can uh, watch Slovis and the Cougs in the scrimmage, which would be a lot of fun.
1: If he's the third best, how many wins?
0: Nine plus, I think nine plus. If he's the third best, nine plus wins. Yes, because we need to see what the BYU defense is doing. We need to see how good Aiden Robbins is with that up. But like, if he's that good, trust me, nine and three is uh, spectacular. Spectacular in year one. That's gonna in the sugar ball. <laughs> and BYU made the expanded playoff. No, uh, <laughs> it's not quite there yet. But that would be very exciting.
1: If nine and good. three in the Big 12.
0: I'd take it right now. Yeah. I would sign up for that right now. I'd probably sign up for eight and four right now.
1: Yeah, I'd still be happy with six.
0: <laughs> get, get to a bowl game, it's the standard near one. Okay, would a
1: split with Portland and Gonzaga in women's basketball this weekend be good enough? It would be, because it keeps them out of playing on Friday in Vegas. Uh, they're a game back of San Diego. San Diego has to play those same two teams. The Toreros aren't gonna beat Portland or Gonzaga. I think BYU has a shot. I think they have a shot to get Gonzaga, more so than Portland. They just played them so top up, up in better. Spokane. Yep. And and if, if Falatea is hitting her shots, she is the key. That's what point guards are. Yep. She's the key because Gustin's gonna deliver her stuff and they could they can get one of these two. And then that puts them in third or fourth in uh, Amber Whiting's first season with a big recruiting class coming in. That's a good start.
0: Yeah, be top four, absolutely. If you lose both, that's gonna be that would be disappointing. You're at home, take care of business with at least a split.
1: Or beat both of them, yeah, that'd be great.
0: We take that too.
1: We'll see you tonight. Yeah. Round one tonight. Mm-hmm. Okay, Derwin Gray tweeted the following this morning, and, and Dewey's, uh, Dewey's one of the great representatives of BYU yes, across the board. He tweets, after a great conversation with Jack DeMooney, after much prayer and discussion with my wife Vicki, another former Cougar, with that being said, I've, d- I've decided to commit to playing in the BYU football alumni game. Nice. Respect my decision. We certainly do here. Absolutely. Number five's coming back. Yeah. Now, what number five is going to do on the field? That remains to be seen.
0: Yes. Listen, last year was very competitive. It, it, it turned into a uh, under 35-year-old game. There were some of the kind of
1: older yeah, uh, alums uh, that, that did a-
0: not get into the
1: game a- as Aliba was the one making all the yeah, plays. Yeah,
0: it was the guy that was like dabbling with the NFL still. That's the guy that's making plays.
1: But the biggest play, Brian Keel, catching that Hail Mary pass from Max Hall. Which is wild. Which is wild. I don't know how they topped that, But (laughs) we we hear how they're going to. If if the names are are in place that we think they're coming, um, that hasn't been announced yet. But Dewey Gray has been announced because he announced it himself. Yep. And uh, not only that, he's going to be a great sideline interview for you. He'll be fantastic.
0: Yep. Spencer and I will be there.
1: So welcome back, Dewey Gray, to Lavelle Edwards Stadium, March 31st. That'll be awesome.
0: Okay, Washington State President Kirk Schultz said he reads Kansas State message boards to learn about the Pac-12 <laughs> conference expansion conversation. Where do you think Tom Homeland and President Kevin G. Worthen get their expansion news from besides BYU Sports Nation?
1: Well, that was my first choice. <laughs> uh, I, I, I know it's not uh, <laughs> social media because those, those, those are all over the place. It's concerning that the president of Kansas State is getting his information. Or that uh, uh, Washington is getting their information from the uh, yeah, OA, Kansas State OA, OA, former
0: Kansas State President. Catch
1: yeah, there's a lot of information out there. Changes every day. What do you think they're getting their information? I think they get it from. I know where a it's not from. from, from.
0: It, it ain't from Cougar Board. <laughs> no, I'll tell you that.
1: No, <laughs> I think it's tra- it comes straight from uh, the Yormark office. Hey, here's what's going on. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, here's what we're going to do. Tom has. And here's tre- when we're going to do it.
0: Tom has tremendous Pac-12 ties. He uh, worked at Cal and Stanford. He knows a lot of
1: people over there. He's not surfing the web. Yeah. Arizona Cardinals wide receiver Robbie Anderson legally changed his name to Chosen Anderson, Mm. which got us thinking. What are the best athlete name changes over the years? And he went with Chosen. I have a feeling he believes that that's going to get him more passes. (laughs) Uh, But I'm a big fan of The Chosen, so I I go, hey, go with that.
0: Nice plug. Many are called, but few are. Um, (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, Chad Ocho Cinco is a fun one. Ron
1: Artest is, uh, you know, Meta World Peace. When he went to Meta World Peace, I'm just like, he's, he stopped being a basketball player to me. Yeah. Because now uh, World Peace is outplaying. Who, who is this who guy? Who is World Peace? I didn't even
0: know World Be Free's name Lloyd Bernard Free. Uh, Pele is one of the great ones. How about uh, Ferdinand Lewis owned,
1: Alcindor Jr., yeah. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar?
0: Well, those ones were like religiously yeah. induced, right? Um, converting to Islam there uh, with Cassius Clay and Chris Jackson to Mahmoud
1: Abdul-Aruf. And so I on. was in Vegas when uh, Tirold Deshawn Smart went with He Hate Me in the XFL. Yes. And <laughs> that was huge. <laughs> He became one of the biggest names in town. Yeah, but and that wasn't hated.
0: a legal name change, but still. Um, I didn't know Hulk Hogan's uh, name until this. Um, Terry Eugene, is it Balea? Yeah.
1: He had to change it, because in, in Rocky, uh, if a guy named Terry came into the ring, it just wasn't going to work. It the Hulk had to come in.
0: Terry Tate, office linebacker, pretty awesome. I don't, I don't know. I'm questioning that one.
1: So, yeah. The Chosen.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Season three? You, you threw it yet? It's gonna or? be his first season. Yeah. It'll be
1: season one for Chosen Anderson. Absolutely. On uh, in September. BYU gymnastics taking on Utah State tomorrow night. Everyone's all the spring sports in it's action this week. Here. Live coverage on BYU TV starts at nine o'clock Eastern.
0: Only men's volleyball seems to be uh, not here.
1: Without the road for not, like a month?
0: Well, they play indoors. They can play. Yeah, they are on the road for like a month. And Ryzen and Shout out to chocolate. This is BYU Sports
1: Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Download the free BYU TV app and BYU radio apps, or listen to the podcast, subscribe, rate, and review the shows, please.
0: Uh, And and if not, we'll keep doing the shows, but we would like a review. Uh, Time to set our fantasy basketball lineups for the week. I'm currently uh, up nine to one. Uh, Spencer took the show off, so we wouldn't have to deal with this, Um, this is what I was told. So what lineup is he going with this week that won't win?
1: This is where I have to be sensitive. Uh, (laughs) Because this is a runaway train. Uh, But Spencer's lineup, here's what he's going with. He's going with Nani Falatea and Ariel Mackey Williams from the BYU women's basketball team. They have to have big games especially 90 for them to win this game. Never mind what Spencer's got going. I about. would
0: willingly lose this week I for them to have game. massive games.
1: Yes. All right, uh, Gideon George, who has struggled. I'd love to see Gideon have a big game Saturday just to night, finish up that'd be good. after a season that uh, that's not been what he'd hoped. Spencer Johnson also. So he's got Gideon and Spencer, uh, and then he's going with Alex Fallow, who's one of the best players in the, in the awesome. league uh, from Portland as his opponent pick. That's a good choice. Um, on paper, that's not bad, but then I look at yours.
0: Uh, Lauren Gustin, uh, I may just play her, uh, just her. Uh, Kaylee Smiler, Foose, Rudy Williams, I'm playing Yvonne Ejim from Gonzaga, who may be
1: the WCC player of the year, might be Alex Feller as well. And it possibly it might should be Lauren be Gustin. Lauren Gustin. Uh, if Smiler, Smiler's your X Factor. If she comes with 10, 12 points, BYU's going to win that game because she's... Oh, you're she's talking about winning the game. Winning the game. I was gonna but say, then that's going to benefit you because her performance be I was going to
0: say, it doesn't really matter, Dave. Uh, it's all about Lauren Gustin. It really is. I'm just uh, saying you
1: can get some help from Smiler. Yeah. And, and we, she can factor into the... We the did algorithm. debate the
0: following if we just start doing a line. So I'm winning by an average of 24. So if I have to
1: cover by 24 or not, we're not going into that just remember, this week. Just remember, because football that. was just the opposite. It and, was. And you remember how you felt?
0: Well... Um, I do remember f- winning <laughs> the bowl game, which we said winner take all, which I thought. Oh, you weird did those say, that? To say that. You didn't. How didn't say
1: you that. That's that cocky So remember, you're ten and one. And Sit, keep your feet on the ground. Yeah. Make some cognizant business. No, decisions. I'm
0: defying gravity, man. We're going wicked <laughs> here. Let's go. Uh, question of the day: Does it matter what CBOA basketball has going in to the West Coast Conference tournament? Our elite voice of the day is this, presented by Pax Healthcare Elevated at CL Underscore Living. I think it. Should be a mustard seed. Just have a little faith, BYU fans. A little a little faith required for BYU. I would like a little bit of three pointers as well.
1: I'd like a lot of three pointers. <laughs> yes, some rebounds. And you know, I want a little bit of turnovers.
0: Yes, few turnovers. That's not been as big of an issue recently. It's so some been other, other some
1: other uh, comments. A lot of people just don't think it matters on the seed. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, and, and we go back to what Mark said. It's, the odds are your longevity in Vegas is if you can stay out of the casino. <laughs> so stay out of the tournament on stay out of the Thursday. Tournament. Just get to Friday. Get to Friday yeah. and then your odds Be are better five you or six. On Saturday. Yeah. Um, yeah. but, but hey, kind of like what he said, who knows what this group. Yeah.
0: Today's Rise Shout out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of UI Athletics. I know you like this one. Chocolate Cougar Tail coming back for this week at the Marriott Center. Nice job, BYU Dining Services. Right? I don't know
1: why they have to visit. I don't know why they can't, can't just, they just come stay? on in.
0: Yeah. Oh thanks to today's guest, Mark Durant and Chef.
1: Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. This and all of our shows on demand at BYUSN.com. Sorry to Dennis. We ran out of time for Dave. I'm Jerram. Shout out to Melanie
0: Johnson. See ya.